Welcome to Bridging Gaps, the business podcast sharing the challenges and stories of fellow business owners. Hello and welcome back to Bridging Gaps, the business podcast. This week, you'll be listening to myself, Richard Woods, and Penny Power as we're talking to a whole range of people in the webinar that was held just last week. Lots of inspiration and ideas as people raised their questions, and Penny shared some of her story about how she's been through difficult times before, even if not exactly the same situation as we've got now. So I hope you enjoy it and listen out at the end for details of the next webinar. Thank you so much for joining again this week or for those of you who are first time, welcome. Um, And today I'm joined by Richard Woods again um, because Richard is just, as I said last time, the lead gen maestro. Um, And this week we've got the special guest of Penny Power. Um, And Penny is, I don't know if she's a maestro, but she is an absolute star because she, inspirational, been through the ups and downs and really going to provide us with lots of insight and excitement today. So the way this one's going to happen is we're going to start off with just a little bit of a background about Penny because, you know, she's been through some of the recessions and dips before and she can just tell us a little bit about how we coped with that. And while she's doing that, what would be really great is if in the chat window, you can first of all just answer this little poll which I'm going to put up when my computer decides to agree with me that that's what we're doing, which is just a little bit about how are you feeling right now, and then start saying hello and popping any questions that you've got on anything around how to get your business going, questions, whatever you want, and we will start answering them. So Richard, I'm just going to say a quick hello to you first before I hand over to Penny. Hello. Um, thank you, everybody, for joining. And uh, I can see that people are kind of putting their um, feelings of how they're feeling in the uh, the poll now, which is really interesting. So um, I think last week when we actually had that poll, I remember, Deborah, that um, we were getting a lot more ones and twos. But I can already start to see a few more sort of fours um, and uh, and a five as well. So it's good. But yeah. like I say, thank you, everybody, for inviting me. This is actually um, a bit of an honour of mine to be on with Penny. She's been a bit an inspiration as I've been growing my business. And uh, um, there's a few parts to her story that uh, I remember being a punter of her original uh, business that what I know her for, and I'll let her introduce that. But uh, um, for me, I'm uh, founder of Lead Gen Group. I'm all about lead generation, and uh, I'm hoping to answer questions about how you can get onto online today and helping out with uh, getting inquiries for your business. So that's where I'll be in there. But I will hand it back to Deborah to tee up Penny. Oh, excellent. Thank you, Richard. Um, so Penny, um, if you would like to go ahead and start, and um, just for everybody's benefit as well, Penny is the author of Business is Personal and the owner of Business is Personal and works with people to help them in a mastermind format to really grow their business. So again, really looking forward to having you here, Penny. Thank you. Thank you very much. So would you like me to just sort of do a bit of an introduction on on myself? So let me start off by saying my intention for being here. So um, Richard is someone I've admired from afar, but now has become an expert for us in our mastermind. So really excited that I'm connecting with Richard because I love the, let's face it, there isn't much more important things in life than how to generate a lead. (laughs) What everybody gets stuck with, I think. And and so I'm really excited to be here with you. And Deborah, we've we've been on interviews with each other before. So so my intention here is that I am very open and honest about a journey that Thomas and I have been through. Um, That's why I wrote my book. Um, But to a certain extent, I feel like maybe the reasons we've been through so much crap and ups and downs is it's given us an ability to support a lot of people through the uncertainty, the emotions, the the traumas. And this isn't me as a psychologist or as a qualified coach. This is me more as an empathetic owner of a business. And so there's no mumbo jumbo in this. This is pure personal experience and how we've managed it. And I think sometimes that helps because there's the, the empathy of the reality of the emotion that we go through. 
So um, Business is Personal, when I wrote that, which I launched, I wrote that and it launched last year, but it was through a journey that I went through in 2018 of really rebuilding myself from possibly not taking enough care of myself and understanding I think the way I sum it up is I was mentally strong, but I wasn't mentally fit. And I think there's a big difference between the two things. I think a lot of us are mentally strong. Um, I don't think you can be a business owner with, or a leader without being mentally strong. But even strong people have huge traumas and challenges. And that's when you discover whether you're mentally fit. And so today I just would love to explore that with people a little bit about how mentally fit you are, how well you look after yourself. And I come from the premise of being able to be in control of your own life. Um, that's the strap line is of my book, really. And that's the discovery I made, because I think we can take on all sorts of personas through life of what I should do. And, you know, often that's survival. Often that's now I'm a mother or a father or now I'm this person or that person. And we have our identity that we create in our life and then we have our truth and I think it's at times like this that um those that that gap closes and the sooner we realize that and start managing ourselves from a point of truth rather than trying to maintain the identity that we have tried to keep because our identities are changing all the time around how we manage things and people's perceptions of us and that, that comes down to personal brand a bit but this is about inside you, you know, are you being truthful to yourself? And when I went through that journey myself, I realized that I had created all sorts of values and um, I suppose drivers in me that weren't necessarily true to me anymore. Um, and I needed to re revalue what was really important in my life and whether or not the course I was taking in life was the one that was going to give me greatest happiness. And so I pivoted my life with Thomas quite a lot in terms of our lifestyle in terms of the type of business we wanted to run, the type of way we wanted to live our lives, the materialism to a certain extent. And I think a lot of people are going to be having to go through that. And I suppose I want to be a, a beacon of hope around that because there's no doubt there's going to be a time of change for people. So that's the, sort of my intention from this this lovely opportunity with you guys. I, I think I think that's great. And that, that was one of the reasons when uh, Deborah and I were talking about um, the, the next guest I guess onto this and 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 now is such a good time for people to hear that message of being able to pivot being able to change being able to kind of take the tsunami that uh, we're all kind of getting thrown at us yeah. and uh, come out of it um, not just doing better but feeling better and uh, um, and actually knowing that uh, all things are sent to try us and it's how you kind of handle that and go through that and you're you're almost kind of the shining light um in that sphere so uh, i'm looking i'm actually looking forward to diving almost into that um that time where you've you you've been through one of these before at some point as well so looking forward to that thank you thank you yeah i mean it's um i think it's really important when you said the differentiation between doing and feeling um and actually there's a opportunity here for us all once we've stopped putting the fires out i think at the moment if i think myself i'm I'm still rushing back and forward from the well to the house, trying to throw water on a burning house. Yeah. Mm. Because that house that I was building and it's different now. There's no doubt about it. Nobody's business is currently the same in terms of cash flow, in terms of its shape. And we can go into panic mode, but I think while I'm throwing the water on this house, it comes to a point at which there's an acceptance about where we are. And actually, to a certain extent, there's almost a relief when the house is just now a simmering wreck of ashes. And we sort of say, <laughs> I can breath now because I now can see this beautiful field over here and I'm going to build a new house on this place. Mm -hmm. Or I'm going to add an extension to this house, which is still a bit okay, but I need to change it. But there's a time and place to go into that. And I think if I think about myself the last two weeks, I've literally been breathlessly managing the tactics of my business you know um, uh, sorry Deborah yeah uh, no, I was going to say, and I think that's, um, you know, a really valid point is that everybody at the moment is they're in react mode and there's a huge level of uncertainty because we just don't know 
what's happening. And I know some of the questions that, that I've seen come through um, prior to this were around that. So I don't know if you can talk, Penny, to how do we manage, how do you get past that uncertainty? Um, especially I know for some people, it's a real challenge to make a decision when there's no way they can know if it's the right decision. Um, yeah. So it'd be great to get your insights. So I'm sure there's a sort of, there's probably some coaching terms around that. So again, I'm coming from my own perspective. I think as people, we need to feel in control of whatever's going on around us. I think that's the most important thing. It's when we feel things have gone out of control that we are scared. And certainly that's how I feel. And I think the quicker that we can start to have a sense of control bit by bit over things. Um, so when I said, you know, the fire's now out, that actually gives you a bit of sense of control and direction because you know now what's happening in your life and you then make decisions based on this is the reality, yeah? So I think it's about looking at your business and thinking, where do I get a sense of control? The fact is nobody in this nation and world is in control of anything. The only thing that's in control is this sobbing little virus and, and hopefully – these phenomenal government bodies and NHS people and medics across the world. They have a certain extent of control, but you and I, we have no control over this at the moment. So we have to look at how, what can we control. And so I have a system for that for myself, which is a bit pragmatic to a certain extent. And it is, I look at my cash flow and I look at what can I control within my cash flow. And that means, um, what are the disciplines around my business that I have got some sense of control over? Now, one of the things I think is really critical is that we have a business attitude, even if it is, even though I call it business is personal, and I'm incredibly emotional about business and incredibly emotional with my clients. In fact, we had a, a Zoom call this morning and I was crying on it with them because I, I, I am an emotional person. However, there's some things that we can't be emotional about, and our numbers are one of those things, and, and they are the reflection of our business. That's the only true reflection, and we have to get control of that very quickly. Um, now, I hold contracts with all my clients, and it's then a question of how flexible that can be within, within that because there has to be an element of empathy towards them. But I, first of all, I have to get control over what is the reality of the situation in my business, and, and are my payments going to be pushed out? Are they going to be spread out? Are some people going to still be able to support um, the, the contracts? That's about knowledge, and you put it into a spreadsheet for me. Um, then I, I've got a Trello board, which is my project management board. And Deborah, do you have one of those? Is that important to you? <laughs> Several. <laughs> yeah. So that is where I start to project manage things. And on a day-by-day -day basis, start to look at what are my great ideas what are the content I want to put out and then I look at what are the the firefighting things I still need to do and what are the creative things I can do and I schedule it and I have to schedule the energy that I hold around those things because your energy will wax and wane and you manage that mm -hmm. so I think that sense of control helps a lot and it starts to help you grow up a bit as a business person when you start to say this is practical this is what I've got to get on with. And then you use your emotions at other times. And it is important to have your emotions. I do think we mustn't be so strong that our emotions don't come out. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. So can I just, um, and I've just put it up on screen. So, so Marion has, um, she hasn't really answered a question, but it kind of builds on this, is that if we haven't reached any kind of equilibrium, so it's difficult to make a plan, and I know you've talked about managing your energy and looking at your cash flow and your figures, but is there anything else that you can say, okay, well, I guess just to build on that, what kind of plan could you put in place? Are there small steps that you can make decisions on a day-to-day -day basis or you know, smaller windows rather than looking to the long term like we normally try and do? Yeah, well, I mean, I think we need to, might start throwing this back with Richard because I know in my mastermind, the big one is, okay, I want to look towards the future now. How am I going to reshape my business? So Richard is going to do more work with us in our mastermind program. And, and I think it's then about getting excited about the future um getting excited about that new house you're going to build or that new extension you're going to put on that house. Um, 
because you can't stay in victim mode. That's one thing that is so critical. Um, you know, there, there are definitely two types of people that in this scenario, and there are only two. There are the one, there's the one who stays in victim mode and is angry and fearful and sad and wants the world to go back to the way it was. And then there are the survivors who are saying, okay, I've really accepted it now and I've, I've done some level of my of grieving over it. And I think that mm-hmm. is critical because um, it is a loss. And Thomas and I have been through many of these experiences, many major financial losses and not just financial also. I mean, some people may have been working on a mountain, you know, building a mountain, uh, they, 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 they're halfway up climbing up that mountain and they were so excited about it because they were starting to get summit and they were going to have new clients or and now they've slipped all the way down that mountain and they're exhausted anyway because they've climbed that halfway up and now they're thinking oh, I've got to find another mountain to climb um we have to grieve the feelings that and and and, and really understand what is it that we're letting go of and then start to build so and I think you know, looking at how you're going to take your business online, which is a key question that my masterminds are asking. One day they always wanted to anyway, but now they need to. Yeah. So I think over to Richard now about looking to the future. Uh, Well, yeah, I get get to do the the positive bit. But I think it's so important that we actually – um, address that. So, so, so one of the, one of the bits on that that question was around um, we haven't reached the equilibrium yet, and so how for, how can we go forward from there? And um, and by understanding, that's a lot of what um, Penny was saying. By actually seeing the numbers, like cash flow forecast, and and understand where you are, you know where you are. If you don't know where you are, you can't go forward from a place, can you? So um, then set a plan. So one of the things that I did very quickly was to say right. I think I'm going to set myself a target of only losing 20% of my income, 20% of my clients. So I will be successful during this time if I keep 80% of my client base. And so therefore, suddenly, if I lose a client, um, that actually isn't such a bad thing. I'm expecting to lose clients. Yeah. Expecting to have those difficult conversations. So when I do have them, it doesn't kill my day. I don't lose my kind of chi going through that. So I also... um, um, advising clients and, and also we did very quickly transitioned transition to um, an online delivery model very very quickly and that doesn't have to mean you have to create online courses from day dot what you can do is look we're all producing content right this second now and bringing people in from our audience to answer questions the people um, the, the, the the wonderful people that are watching this now are asking specific questions in the chat that then we can go and help um, each other with and actually sometimes um, people offer advice within that chat right. um, at the moment as well so then we're all kind of feeding and breeding this this kind of thought leadership and uh, embracing um, the new technology in that way um, and we transitioned our, our mastermind we do with the legion into zoom so very very quickly put um, zoom meetings together for everybody to keep the community bit going plus i then add an additional one-to-one um, zoom calls to be able to add extra it's all about adding a bit of extra. So, yeah. yes, we've taken away certain bits of our products that we can sell. What can you do to secure your current base and actually add extra um, yeah. and make them feel like they're really appreciated and that you are also championing the cause? Yeah. And I think we can see that we are globally starting to reach a bit of an equilibrium with this crisis. We're already seeing people in Wuhan returning to work. We're already seeing China reporting consecutive days of non no new cases. Um, the last three days were a negative um, percentage increase in the UK. Now, I do still feel that the UK will have another spike, so don't get me wrong. Um, I did a video um, very recently, which I can share in the notes, about how I believe that the UK will start to return to work on the 27th of April. Um, everybody said it's very, very um, early. But the, the problem being is if you're a restaurant owner and you've been asked to shut um, two weeks ago, um, and now you're going to be talked about even longer, you, the, the economy will be desecrated. There will be nothing for it to go back to. And if you're starting to see reduction in numbers, um, then that will start to tell a story to the British public, especially the self-employed. Plus, Boris, um, on the 27th of March, got his 
um, bout of corona, which means seven days later he's going to be back to work, which means that people are going to say, well, why is the prime minister back to work and actually then talking to people? Mm -hmm. At the test, he's got the immunity. So, oh, okay, well, I want to have the test. I want to go back to work because I want to have the immunity. So then there'll be this question of, well, if you've had it, you're allowed to go back to work. So you're going to have a two-tier economy of the workers and the, the isolators. Um, Germany have already announced that they're going to bring in this back-to-work um, test so people can go back to work in Germany. Germany have been the forefront of the testing. Um, we've been catching up ever since. But that is already showing little markers to us, all little, little glimmers of hope that is coming through that actually the that it's not it's not the kind of uh, beginning of the end now, but I think it's the end of the beginning to coin a very uh, clever um, British prime minister at one point. And I do think we are seeing the end of the beginning of this crisis. Um, and that will help to, us to transition through to the next stage of this. So um, yeah. be ready. So when I say the tw- the reason why the 27th of March is really important, because the what comes what goes down will come up very rapidly. This was not a financial recession. This is not something that's come in. It's a health caused recession. It's a, it's a third party thing that's come into the financial markets. So there was ambition in the markets and the markets will continue to go. There was ambition in the economy. So we are all growing. The UK was doing incredibly well during this time, even despite Brexit. I wrote a book called Brexit Brexitpreneurship um, about how to kind of deal with Brexit because of all the subsequent um, issues. And actually a lot of the kind of mantra behind that still stands, which is around actually getting your message out, getting to your audience, being targeted to the people that you can make a difference and going above and beyond in the initial stages of your engagement with them. So be that, give them a truckload of value for free, give them a load of community, get them into community as much as you can. So it's Facebook groups or LinkedIn groups or anything that you can do that fosters a community. Uh, something that I know Penny is very, very keen on. Um, and finally, actually personalization. So the more that we can do personalized, now we've got a bit more time on our hands. Can you get into people's Zoom feeds and talk to them? Massively yeah. important. Um, yeah. Someone makes me laugh. Gary said 27th of April, which year, please? <laughs> this year. This year, of April. And also, the reason why the schools were supposed to go back on the 20th of April, they'll probably wake another um, week after that. The US have already said that they're going to send people back around the, the 10th to the 14th, despite the problems that they're having there, um, mm. because they, they don't value life as much as um, the economy, which is not the right way of doing it. But it's just, unfortunately, I'm not a medical, I'm not going to look at the science of this. I'm just telling you, it's, it's an economic reason why the 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 uk will start to return to work around about the 27th of april that's my personal views remember this is um, <laughs> impeaching my other two amazing co-hosts I'm curious about um richard i don't know whether you've been fronting this but i i really know from experiencing 2008 and seeing the incredible surge of support for small business and suddenly See, Thomas and I started Academy in 98. And when we started Academy in 98, which was for small business, even our friends said to us, why have you started your own business? Can't you get a job? I mean, it was like (laughs) owning your own business was not the thing. And then um, unless you were in retail or something like that. And then suddenly um, we were pushing, pushing, pushing this agenda. We had 100,000 members across the the world. But still it was all about being employed in large companies. That was the right thing to do. And then suddenly the banking crisis happened. 2008, then you found David Cameron and starting to realise it was the small businesses that were going to rebuild this country, without doubt. So I feel that there's this ecosystem of small business that we're all in, that we have the responsibility to keep our businesses as strong as possible so that we can bring this economy out. And because of our our incredible um, ability to adapt but also our determination is is phenomenal and our ability to innovate is incredible so when people say to me oh I'm just going to start giving stuff away for free at the moment I think wait a minute you're you've got to stay strong as a business you can't be giving away for free because first of all you're going to devalue yourself and start to devalue your own self-worth you're going to change your business model into something that's going to be very hard to pull out of. And you're setting the wrong expectation within this ecosystem of small business around, um, well, if they do it free, I'm going to have to do it for free. And suddenly we just damage the economy phenomenally. So I don't know what your thoughts. You may have a completely different opinion to me on that. 
I'm actually going to interrupt there. Sorry. It's just that I know that, that Hannah's posted a few different things. Yeah. Um, so Hannah's in a situation where, um, and strangely enough, it's similar to a, a question we had last week, um, though Hannah's is a little bit different. So Hannah had been, and I think about the last year, building up a lifestyle and dog grooming business. So this really wonderful little business in Gray Shot. Um, her content was coming from all of the beautiful dogs that come in. Um, you know, lots of pictures being posted of adorable dogs. Everybody who listened last time knows me, dogs. You're always going to hear about them. Um, but so what she's finding right now is what does she do? How does she get online? Um, and also, what can she be doing to, to, I guess, keep that connection up with her customers? Because she had those people who were, you know, checking out Facebook, seeing their dogs, seeing all of the other cute dogs coming in. So any advice, you know, maybe starting with you, Richard, on, you know, what Hannah could be trying to do in this environment? I think, um, well, I think one of the, the, the big things will, will from last time will remain the same, which is, I think that you need to try and set up some sort of community for the wider dog owning audience. So be that um, the challenge that we talked about. We talked about the how to you make your dog roll over challenge because they're all at home with their dogs and want to roll over. Um, so you can do that in five days. And so then at the end of it, they can all upload their videos to a little community group. And then you kind of I have those people within that group and they're all sharing and all kind of loving the community that was the, that that was what we, we talked about last time which i still think is great so then how do you so say you're going to do that so which is a good idea how do you then chuck people into that um facebook ads are ridiculously inexpensive at the moment so um 70 more facebook usage but we're seeing about 50 55 less cost um in terms of conversions from facebook and the reason behind that is that all the e-commerce people that can't get their deliveries out are actually spending less money online and they're the majority of um, paid ad spending. So there's less kind of money being spent on paid ads. There's more audience, it's supply and demand, less buyers of ads, more audience to actually then click on those ads. It's simple economics. So you can actually pile people in there that way. But also because people are kind of liking and sharing stuff more, your organic reach is going really well. And so by getting people to kind of share your um, promotions, be it your ebook downloads, if you're in the consulting space, you're putting out an ebook or you're doing a little five day roll over a dog challenge. Or if you're an accountant and you want to help people to get through the government legislation on how they can kind of get some of the funding, et cetera, sharing all that content and getting people out. Um, and then driving them into something that then keeps an asset for you. And that asset is maybe that group that then after this, this is over, you can go forward and then actually then start selling your products and services into those groups. Yeah, I like that a lot. It's um, I think what comes through as well to me, because I'm this smushy, emotional person, is that what I really notice is the goodwill that people create in times like this. Now, it's not about giving away your stuff. But I think people that do the sort of community or those sort of initiatives like you're talking about, Richard, are really powerful because people remember the people that were positive and contributing at times like this. And I don't think that means you have to offer an hour's free coaching to people. Um, but I do think those sorts of initiatives where people are realizing that you're leading something that brings happiness and goodwill, they won't ever forget that. They'll never forget that. Um, so I think those are great ideas. Mm, I like that. Um, Ang Angus came in the notes there. He said three P's to get through this positioning, participation and personalization. Mm. And, I, and I really like that. So so positioning yourself as the thought leader, um, the sort of guide that's going to help people to get through, get people to participate in that conversation. Maybe you invite them into webinars and stuff like that. But one shows that you're positioning of being a thought leader, but also includes them in that. And then personalization, like answering and saying to people's names and answering their questions, like I'm doing for Angus right now, and actually tailoring content to them allows you to then kind of go through. So yeah. um, I really like that, Angus. Nice. Yeah. And also think local. I think it's with the internet, everybody thinks global and they almost, and they also think everything's got to be perfect before I launch something. But Hannah in Grey Shot, you know, she could just start a local Grey Shot dog community thing and have mm. maybe. 30 people taking part of it that have got dogs, but then it will expand out. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be, you know, it doesn't have to be commercial in the in the way that you set the business model up to start with. 
you can just start that straight away. Mm. So local is important, I think. Local is more and more important. I mean, Thomas and I know that we want to build from Farnham outwards now because we want to help our local community get strong again. And if we all do that, then it will all meet up. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so, yeah, go for local as well, I think. Yeah, go for local, but also do the bit of a sanity check on what you're doing. So, so Hannah's has jumped in there and said, um, um, an online, I was going to set up an online shop um, website. But the thing is, if you're going to sell dog collars and um, leads or stuff like that, if Amazon already stocks it, forget about it because you're just not going to be able to get the volume that you want and the margins you're going to want through it. Now, if you are, if you're making, you know, genuine Italian leather, um, hand stitched kind of gold studded dog, you know, whatever it is for the right market, then great. You've, you've created a unique product that's particular to you and people value that within your audience. Then that would work with an online shop, but don't just try and think, well, okay, well I'll grab a load of stuff and start selling it online. What you're better off doing, as you say, is to become the thought leader in your area, to become the thought leader of a particular thing, and then sell little mini courses online, or actually then getting people into um, pre-orders for when this kind of thing's over, sort of selling um, gift certificates. So if you're a dog washing um, company, you could send gift certificates for later in the year, or birthday cards, which have little doggy birthday cards or whatever stuff like that yes. try and pre-order services for uh, after this issue after may june onwards yeah i like angus is right as well when he says that most of our best clients are hidden in plain view yeah. Yeah. That's a good yeah. point you know look mm -hmm. yeah there will be people in your database in your social network that you talk to and and i think doing research at the moment is so important talking to people don't try and invent stuff just because you've got a gut feel about it. You know, they, they, you go out and ask and discover what people's needs are, what their pain points are, and, and what they what, what you could deliver best for them to, to solve those things. Yeah, exactly. One of the things that when, 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 so you say, well, some of your best contacts are hidden in plain view, are phone contacts, Twitter, and, and LinkedIn connections that, that Angus was saying there. Um, so how would you go and reach out to those people? So, um, I'm working with a lot of clients at the moment, putting together kind of like a crisis forum. So it's sort of a weekly Zoom call for their target market to come onto the Zoom call and just discuss how they're all getting on with it. And the, the view for this is to kind of bundle up enough people into sort of a consistent conversation that when you then say, right, you, you hear the conversations, you see the people that are struggling the most and the people that kind of would need your help, you then invite them to a one-to-one -one call and then you can upsell them on your services afterwards if you're selling consultancy. So having some sort of crisis um, community and peer-to-peer -peer group and going out your LinkedIn connections and then direct messaging them and yeah. saying, we'd like to personally invite you to our little crisis um, forum, our little uh, Zoom call each week, um, because I know that we, you know, five heads are better than one and we'd love to be able to help each other. That can be a great way of reaching out. Yeah, I like that. So Emily there, my nail lady, sent me a kit to remove my nails in Zoom. So she's <laughs> talking earlier about my crisis about my hair. So I'm looking for someone to teach me how to cut my hair virtually. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's going to be the big market in about, you know, another few weeks. Suddenly all anybody's going to care about is, is getting their hair done. <laughs> <laughs> somehow <laughs> i have to find a dog groomer that can teach me <laughs> <laughs> and hannah is this a new service you can offer <laughs> <laughs> so um one of the things that i am um, i'm also learning is a lot of my um members of my mastermind are more mature you know they're not millennials a couple of them are um, technology is something that does stress. It does stress. I mean, I, I, Hannah, my daughter, laughed her head off when she heard that my, I was referred to for my OBE as a tech entrepreneur because she doesn't think I'm very techy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like most people. Most people have to just grin and bear it and learn some technology because there's no magic wand, is there? You just have to. Drill in and do it. And and I'm curious, you've got one. I've not used this platform before. Um, so I, what do you, Richard, I'm going to put you on the spot here. What do you think are the sort of top bits of tech that people could learn? 
Well, I think that if you are regularly putting out stuff, now's a perfect time to actually really dive into that and take the time to know it. So it's like anything. It's like riding a bike. Once once you know how to ride a bike, you never look back. So you know how to use it. So mm-hmm. once you know how to use the Facebook ads platform, you will learn it. You'll take ages to be able to do it. But if you're using a different step-by-step guide to be able to do it, you will suddenly go, oh, that's where that button is, and that's where that button is. And before you know it, you're right. then testing and measure, testing and measure. And you're you- absolutely right. <laughs> Well, now when you've got rich teaching, so, uh, <laughs> you sleep my life when you talk me at your uh, session. There you go. See, per- so perfect. If you see it once, honestly, once once you see someone go through it, and then you can stop and play a video, stop and play a video, stop and play a video until you actually build out the campaign, then you know how to do it. The tough bit is actually kind of working out, right, who am I showing this to? Yeah. And, and what am I actually going to promote to them? And why would they actually care enough to download my piece of information in exchange for my email address? Or why would they care enough to buy my product um, during this time? Once you've got that, you're, you'll always remember that the whole thing's just a test. Test a 50-pound campaign, test a 100 campaign, and get good at it. Then think further than that. Think, well, actually, these people are going to need to go back to a landing page. So um, instead of constantly getting a web developer to design stuff for me, why don't I try and actually get one of these landing page software or these online course software? I'd recommend a Kajabi, for example, if you're doing online courses and landing pages. Or if you wanted something really simple, here's, here's a really simple thing. MailChimp have added in landing page creation tools in there and email marketing tools in there. And it's actually really good. Um, it doesn't do everything because that's what National MailChimp's market, but it does enough for you to be running campaigns and landing pages. And you could actually stay and just beaver away within MailChimp and create different campaigns around it. So yeah. if you if you were thinking about, well, how can I go and promote my, you know, new online sort of, you know, um, course that I'm doing or my new sort of five days to help make your dog roll over thing well you can just set up a landing page on MailChimp you get to come in they sign up for it you then trigger an automation of five emails over five days each day has a little tip day six you make as a bonus day and on the bonus day you can say congratulations for getting to day six you have now won a zoom conversation with me and you can show me your dog rolling over and then actually I can then talk to you about coming um, on to further courses or dog training or actually maybe subscribing um, from June onwards to my uh, monthly retainer that means I come to your house and groom your dog every two weeks and uh, yeah uh, and then you know we start the relationship that way so you just build in this you you make the assets and the marketing assets today and make the relationships and the connections today which is the sales and the clients of tomorrow do the work still now knowing that it's going to pay off later yeah Richard, can you back up just a little bit? Because I've got a question from Emily. Yeah, just a rewind, pause. Um, On to what is a landing page? Because I know it's one of those terms that uh, you and I both know and use all the time, but it's not the case for everybody. And Emily would like to know. (laughs) Really simple. It's a web page, but it's the page that you specifically want people to land on when they click on that piece of advertising or an email campaign that drives them back to a web page, it's the it's the focus of your campaign. So for me, I've got an ebook that says 99 ways to get more leads ebook. So there's a web page somewhere that has the form that you can fill in to get that ebook. That web page is the landing page. It's the page I want people to land on. It has some other names such as a squeeze page or an offer page. But that's the right one. It's basically an online sales letter normally. You can be so creative with those once you master something like that. It's a great – I think there's sort of some key foundational building blocks that people at the moment at home can start to do. I, I think what you you teaching this Facebook ad thing is really important. The landing page comes along with that. Mm. Um, I don't know what you think about in doing learning to do your own design, like learning tools like Canva and things like that. Yeah. At the moment, Canva's excellent, and also what we're finding is working really well. Is if 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 you say that I love writing, but I really am awful at design, then go onto Fiverr.com mm-hmm. uh, with two R's. So Fiverr uh, with two R's, 
and fiverr.com and you will find people that will design stuff for like you know the idea of it being called a five fiverr.com is because everything starts at five dollars but five ten fifteen dollars yeah. you will find people that will bang out lovely little graphic design um, work for you for super cheap and it just means that you can just get stuff done I, I, coming from agency side unless we're specifically outreaching to certain clients that we want to work with, we're not taking on massive new projects at the moment. We're just kind of finishing stuff off. You know, there's actually harder to get big campaigns started now. So tuck in and start doing it yourself. So then you can actually then learn these skills. And before you know it, something like a MailChimp and a Fiverr.com and a Canva, um, you've now just saved yourself five grand on doing a website. Yeah. Yeah, getting the mailing list sorted out. Yeah, that's <laughs> That's a key one, isn't it? Great point. The fortune's in the list, as they say. So <laughs> the, the the better your mailing list is, and the more responsive it is, the uh, the more healthy your business yeah. is. Yeah, I've got another question for you, which is a bit more specific. So this is from Sarah, who is, as you can see, is if you're doing virtual and online sessions, how would you go about pricing that? And Sarah runs Lego clubs and workshops, which would be fantastic, even though I don't have a child to take. So I'm going to have to borrow one to go. Um, and she's looking at trying to do a <laughs> that's true yes sir i'll be over shortly richard <laughs> oh when i'm allowed to um, but she's looking at how to take that online with children using their own lego and using zoom oh and oh oh look at oh sarah i like you she runs grown-up clubs too <laughs> i was gonna say i'm not alone um, but any ideas from you know on on how how can she price that? And I'm really conscious that people right now, as you mentioned, Penny, they're kind of going, oh, well, I should do it for free. Um, and then they're worried that if they're not doing it for free, well, how much should they charge? How much How much is it okay to ask for? Because everybody's scared and they're worried about being trolled or attacked by, by people going, well, you know, you shouldn't be trying to make money right now. Mm -hmm. I so, 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 just just to let you guys know, I'm I'm selling all the time, um, and um, that's because I know I'm helping my audience. And when you know that you help your audience, nobody feels ashamed about selling. If you just create something, I think it's it's imposter syndrome that when people take something that's physical and put it online, they get worried that there's not the same value in that, and so therefore they feel like mm -hmm. they shouldn't be charging for online because YouTube gives you so much information for free. There's not anything that's in the world that's that's a kind of that can't be found online it's just what you're doing is you're aggregating the content together into an experience and therefore that experience they pay for that's why people buy courses and join communities so with your lego idea what i would do is to try and do like a um think about the classroom to give them an at their lego hour a day joe wicks does incredibly well because he gets into people's routines he owns the 9 a.m to 9 30 routine of kids because they're all jumping on Facebook. A million people that watch him live. So we're in his route. He's in our routine. He's in our daily routine. Can you get into the daily routines of other kids by actually getting a Lego hour and it's build a new thing each day and the kids can go and create that and they build it with you, you create it live and they all kind of consume it and watch it. One of the biggest problems with um, our kids is they constantly need us to help them to keep them engaged and stuff and I might set them up and say here's your Lego Milo and go for that. make and then he'll be like oh but daddy I want you to help and I'll be like if I <laughs> Zoom with Penny and Deborah I can't make Lego um, <laughs> so if I was to then say well look you've got your Lego hour coming up why don't you come on and you put the, the screen up so it's a live call and then you can actually call up their names milo i can see you're here that's great to see you you know um you know, james or whatever okay so now step one we're doing this and then you could just see them sitting there and building along with you yeah i love that i love that i have to say i've started doing jigsaws i had to because i was getting so obsessed with work and couldn't switch off and I thought well I'll have to just focus on something else I love it we, so, we the pub in the garage 
So we go to the pub each night. So <laughs> <laughs> me and my kids, we, we thought we'd build a pub. So that's where we go each night. <laughs> Am I correct in thinking that's made of um of those Gausto boxes? Yeah. So Gausto, like like get fresh. They we we get like a box each month uh, or each week for for food for these ready things. Um, and so it's all made up of the old boxes that we've kept because we're supposed to be moving. Yeah, that's not going to happen. It's supposed to be moving next month. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I wondered about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, Richard, a, a few people have said, you know, because you've mentioned Fiverr um, and saving money, but obviously there are designers uh, on the call as well as out there who obviously feel, you know, well, hang on a second. We, we want them to be coming to us. Uh, my my take on it, and I'll let you explain further or, or tell me I'm wrong, is that if you can't afford a a lovely designer, and I'm not going to mention names because there were several of them and I'm bound to forget somebody, um, and I can afford them still, then then that's where I should go. That's where I'm going to get my um, my best value, my best interaction. But if I've got no choice right now, if money is really tight, that going to something like Fiverr is it is a really good option to get me through this stage. Um, and I, and that is my personal view. That is not um, me just trying to placate people. <laughs> I, I agree with you. Listen, this is what I, how I do it. Just to give it an example. I, I wanted to get my brand assets right. So, you know, I needed some, a proper designer to get me, get my brand and, and build me my brand assets, which, um, they ask my stock assets now. So when anybody does anything, when I design a PowerPoint, it's like anything, it's all around that. But I also, the reason I show you, I wanted things like this icon. Can you see every chapter's got a little icon? Mm -hmm. Which I wanted a designer to do that. I needed 12, and they, they go into all my materials and on my PowerPoints and things. Where I use Canva is when I'm putting a quick social media post together or something like that, where I want to have that fast turnaround and I've got my brand assets sorted out, but I don't think anything replaces a great a great designer. Yeah, I, I I think you're right. I think I think it's it's actually comes down to a two part question. So one is what would you do? And so it's Penny's answer basically. So when you're doing the wholesale changes, use a proper designer. You can just bang out stuff quickly if you if you're doing sort of social posts, etc. Um, but actually, now let's flip that down to designers and say. Uh, listen, guys, it's not about other people using these free tools. It's actually you making yourself um, a real kind of premium aspirational product for people to want to use. Because for me, um, for me to actually then go and get a designer to do a full redesign with a full corporate branding and highlights and stuff, it's not that I'm thinking that's a cost. It's actually I'm like, I'm now ready. You know, I've kind of got this business to the stage that it's now ready to do this full corporate branding it's like a real kind of coming out of its shell a rebranding and, and and it's aspirational to go and use a quality designer to do that stuff so you've got to understand that's the psyche of the people using so the, so the people who are in my inner circle there's a lot of people that are ready for that and they make the jump and it's such a huge transition for their business because they feel more professional and better and actually um, a more premium product because of the brand that they've now going to be pushing mm -hmm. out. So position yourself as an aspirational side of marketing and branding, and then people will go to you because they want that personal touch and they want your specialty, which isn't just the design. It's actually the consultancy around my vision and values and what I want to put into the heart and soul of that brand. And that's why I pay the premium price. Um, so never worry about a competitor when you're not actually competing against them yeah yeah when i remember speaking to somebody about because i have my my beautiful bridges um and then i have the the this little bit that i normally use um as a footer and somebody said something to me about well couldn't i have done that and i said well technically yes i never would have had the idea mm. it just never would have crossed my mind to do yeah. it that way and a lot of the time I think that's what you're paying for. You're paying for that inspiration, those ideas, and not the technical skill itself. Because if I knew exactly what I wanted, um, you know, I can just dictate it to somebody. Um, but I want that creativity and that that idea generation. Yeah. I, 
Um, and Emily has commented in here that um, you get what you pay for. And Hannah has said that she's not allowed to go to Fiverr because her designer is her sister-in-law and she'd get a shot. Um, that's me paraphrasing. <laughs> so, um, you know what it, do you know what it's about for me? It's about speed. Um, there's nothing, I, I, I've got a, uh, a guy in, um, he's one of my clients and we had this great LinkedIn group strategy to do sort of one of these crisis forums. Um, two weeks ago that he said, right, we're going to do it. We're going to start getting members and we're going to start launching this thing. Um, had a check in with him this week and, um, nothing's been done because we're still waiting for the design assets for the, uh, for the group. I was like, we, we didn't even discuss, you don't need these things. Why do we need this? Oh, I want it to be professional for invite people. You think, wow, we just lost another two weeks of actually being able to promote something because you're worried about design assets. So sometimes don't get stuck in the detail and don't worry about bits. If you can just bang it out quickly on Canva and get something out the door, you can always perfect it later. But speed and agility is the one thing that small businesses have. If you are Coca-Cola Group or if you are, you know, Coopers, you are not allowed to stick stuff out quickly. You have to go through the run of the mill. It's going to be signed up by a million people and all that sort of stuff. So as a small business, the reason why you have all these big businesses going bust is they can't shift as quickly as us. Mm. Uh, that's wholesale shifts, but also it's about kind of taking advantage of opportunities and getting your marketing out quickly. And speed will always beat that um, in this type of market. Yeah. I think it's a I think it's been a phenomenal conversation. I've loved it. But also, I, I do want people to realise there is money out there still. Perfect, yeah. It's, I'm, I'm, I'm taking I, on clients. Yeah, I mean, it's um, – we haven't pivoted yet. One of our Thomas's and my decisions this year, which we were planning on, was we had about 450 people apply for our offline mastermind, but we don't have anything that delivers it for people who are remote from us, don't want to travel to London. Do they? So we've got some plans that we need to come up with for, for going online, which we're going we're gonna to do. Um, but I've been really interested in talking to people that are going online, some of the people that you're helping. So Hannah, our daughter, for example, she's, she had it planned. She was going to launch. She launched last week her uh, her brand stuff that she does online and she got 27 people bought her program okay. in 48 hours and that's the first, you know that's it's, I think there's and then I've got a lady who does PR in our mastermind Lucy Matthews she's just launched her brand club her, her PR club and she's getting people signing up I do want people to leave this webinar knowing that there is money out there. People are reinventing. People need great skills. There's money out there. It's not all the, – the, the government is making sure that the, there is still money around. Um, so I think we've got to make sure people come out of fear. Yeah, yeah. You know, and really realize that actually if you can yeah. access that abundance and that love and that belief and that hope that you, you will come out of this really strong. Oh, massive. I've got, I've got a client that consults into the food and beverage space. Now, 50% of their client base is shut. The other 50% is absolutely smashing it because they can't yeah. they can't get enough food through the doors because they're kind of open. So it's it just kind of which flavor of client that you're going after. Um, and, and one transition that, that we've put in is that a lot of people are doing courses selling well. Um, actually, a lot of people are getting ready for this kind of launch end of April, beginning of May, when the economy starts to turn um, and going, right, actually, I want someone just to do it all for me because I know that I haven't got enough time to get it done. Um, so for the first time in about a year and a half, we've re we've launched a new done for you um, mm -hmm. product just to kind of do um, a marketing. So that where the 30 leads and 30 days challenge works quite well is that it's a challenge and people love the idea of a challenge. So that's been the best marketing thing that we've ever done. So when I'm advising that for Hannah with her dog training classes and a few other people, there's there's a way of doing a, a lead generating challenge. Um, so we're actually going to, we're selling that as a done for you to actually do wow. a challenge for people to get lead generation in because we can see that working for so many people. So now's the time for others to do it. So you either show you how to do it through the 30s and 30 days challenge or we'll just do it for you. But whatever. Wow. Do something. Get yourself an asset out there. Like, like you were saying, your daughter um, having having this thing online. If that wasn't available, those twenty seven people would be buying someone else's course. So, therefore, she's been able to take that audience and then sell the yeah. course. And then, probably, when this all changes, be able to maybe 
go on and work with them even more. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Are you going to share that? Because I'm really curious. I want to help my masterminds learn about your done for you. Are you going to share that link? <laughs> application only. Um, no, it, it, in all honesty, if, in all honesty, if you suspect that you would be able to put a challenge into your business, maybe a free five day challenge. So um, Deborah's got an amazing challenge that's a uh, um, podcasting challenge. So how to set up your your podcast in five days? It's kind of those type of challenges that work incredibly well. Because what they do, the, the reason, so I'll tell you why the reason why this works, and, and you don't have to use me to do it, but I will give you the information on why you should do it. Um, you create a landing page for people, a web page that promotes a challenge. And the reason why um, people would want to do it is that you need to put yourself as the authority and show people how to do it. And you need to give them regularity of content so they warm up to you. And then the kicker is on day six of the challenge you make it a bonus day and then you tell people that they can have a one-to-one with you via a Zoom call. And then that is basically a sales pitch in disguise. And you tell them, how did they get on with that challenge? And they say, oh, I really struggled. I didn't get time or, you know, whatever it is. Oh, well, why don't I help you do it for you? And then you sell your done for you product. So if you're a graphic designer, it could be, how do you create a logo in five days? Day one, you think of the idea. Day two, you think of the color palette. Day three, you do the first design. Day four, you iterate, get feedback. Day five, you're done. Day six, bonus day, you can show your designs to me in a Zoom. Just book in here using Calendarly. They book into Calendarly. You have the Zoom call. You go, ah, it's an okay logo, but, you know, maybe you might want a better logo. And then, boom, they go and buy the done for you and before you're there. And so if you do it as a free challenge, when we first did our 30 leads in 30 days challenge back in 2017, it was free and we got 250 leads a month on average coming through it. So we got more leads than we could do because it was free. So then we put a payment gateway in front of it. So then it became a little bit more manageable and it became a product. So I just want people to do free challenges to warm up their audience and then sell done for you. You have got the most phenomenally creative brain. Ah. <laughs> it's incredible what people throw at you, Richard. I've got two quick questions before we start to, to wrap up. Um, so one is just a quick question from Rob. Do you think the market will soon be flooded with e-learning? <laughs> Leaving that up to you guys to decide who's going to answer. May I? I don't want to. Yeah. OK. Um, it doesn't matter because it's only the hundred people that are in your audience that are closest to you. It's the people in Grayshot that care about dog walking classes that are going to buy your course. And how many people do you need to buy your course? You got like if I had a, for every hundred people I get onto my 30 days and 30 days challenge, I'm able to convert 10 of them into an inner circle. And and, and that is that that's more than i need you don't need masses just be the sum the sum total of your audience only needs to be 100 to 200 people you get them in and that's enough to make you retired if you sell the right products to them that is great richard thank you and one more question which is, i think this is fairly subjective um but what do you think about the economy do you think it's going to spike go up and then go into a deep recession as some people are saying so your forecast hats need to be on now. Well, there's this great thing that Hannah, Hannah says to me, be careful how you see the world because it is like that. I love that. It, I agree. So Self-fulfilling prophecies. I think we all have to filter to a certain extent because no doubt about it, there's going to be some phenomenal successes that are going to rise from this. Um, and will be. they won't have even noticed it. And so the first thing I would say is just be careful how you see the world because it is like that. And and I know myself, you know, when this first came out, I got addicted to the television. I got addicted to every piece of communication and I could have taken myself down with it. And I think you've got to surround yourself with the positivity, solution people, people that can see growth, people that can see opportunity. Um, I can't predict. I have no idea how to predict what's going to happen. What I do know, because I've seen it before, nothing on this scale I know, but then we went down very fast, so I think we can come up very fast. Remember that, is that I know that this is going to be the time that small business is going to be on the lips of all ministers, on funding, on the hype in the country is going to be 
how do we build entrepreneurship? And if you're someone that serves entrepreneurs, whether you're doing design or online courses or coaching, whatever you do, you're going to get massive amount of business out of that growth that's going to flood the market because we will be the backbone of this country again. Yeah. Thank you, Penny. That's lovely. Richard, did you want to add anything? Oh, look, I, I, I'm always the eternal optimist and I'm, I'm incredibly positive. And do you know what the strange thing about it is? Is that the world that I kind of inhabit seems to be really optimistic and positive. And it's strange what you put out, you get back. And um, that's that's what I get. I don't, if anybody's really negative, I just find myself drifting off to something else. So if you're putting out a load of negative stuff, don't expect to have an audience at the end of it. No. I yeah, think the decision how you hold your brand now is really critical. It's, you know, your values and your brand and the way you behave and the way you speak now is going to really determine how you come out of this. Thank you both very much. So what I'm going to do, because we're just at the end of our time. So first of all, I'm going to put a second version of the poll up just to see how everybody's um, feeling now. And while people are answering that, Richard, you've mentioned your 30 leads in 30 days. Um, and I'm just going to post a link to that into the chat as well in case people are interested. But do you want to just tell us a little bit more about it? I just, I just love the person to put a one um, there. Um, you didn't understand the idea of the second poll. You're supposed to be really positive. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find you. We'll find you. <laughs> I know I said it, there's going to be a load of people putting ones in there. Was that me? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, look, look, guys. I mean, what one thing? One thing that is probably the starting point for me that if you are interested in things like a step-by-step -step guide to do Facebook ads. Um, that I'll talk you through every part of that, creating landing pages, I'll talk you through that. And even just understanding who your audience is and how you should actually get your free content out to it. The best place to go and start is the 30 Leads in 30 Days Challenge. And the link that Deborah's put on there uh, is an incredibly um, great, uh, inexpensive deal on there. It's just it's, it's cheap as chips, guys. The whole point of that is just to put a little bit of skin in the game for you so you actually do the stuff. Um, and then we have a weekly Zoom where we all jump on and actually have communication with all the challengers to help them through that. Um, and so there is personalization. There's also a, a private VIP group, which is the community part. And then there's the leadership, which is the step by step guide on how you do it. So it gives you the complete section. So jump onto that. And then if you're really interested and want to direct message me, I'll put my email in the comments now um, if you're interested in about it done for you. But uh um, you need to be quick because we're only taking on a few more clients on that. <laughs> That's great, Richard. Thank you very much. Um, and Penny, I know that you have your business health check, which at the moment, I think it's always important, but it feels like it's even more important right now, especially if people are feeling doubtful. Do you want to just talk a little bit about that? And again, I put a link up on screen for everyone. That's lovely. Yeah, we created this um we created it initially as a bit of a diagnostic audit when people joined the mastermind so that we could then see how they went through. We could test the efficacy of what we were doing and is, was it working? Um, so we've expanded it out now to everyone. Um, it, it, it's 42 questions. It's yes, no. Um, and it looks at five areas, seven areas of you and your business because business is personal. And then it will send you a 16 page PDF um, with some hints and tips and thoughts on what you should maybe think about and I suppose we didn't know when we created that that this would be such a good time for people to work on their business um, but I, I think it's going down really well with people um, when they take it they get the option to book a 30-minute calendar call with us um, we can dig deep dive a bit into it it'll become obvious when they take it what sort of areas they might want to focus on and I'm happy to do a bit of a, a coaching call with them um, to help them get on the road to planning, really, and, and prioritising. That's great, Penny. Thank you very much. Um, and I will just mention about the five-day podcast challenge, which Richard mentioned a little bit earlier. Basically, if you've been thinking about doing a podcast, now is a really great time. Let's be fair. I think it's always a really great time. But now is really a really great time because there's so many people trying to fill their time, trying to find different ways to consume information as well. And the podcast challenge takes you through all of the steps that you need to get mm -hmm. um, completed so that by 
the end of it, you've actually launched your podcast onto, well, I keep calling it iTunes, but officially it's Apple Podcasts. They keep telling us that they're they're getting rid of iTunes. Um, so feel free to, to, you know, just click on the link for that as well. Mm -hmm. um, so thank you all very much. But before we say goodbye, let's just have a little look and see. Um, we've got one, one, as Richard said. Um, and how have we done with the rest of our responses um, compared to last time? I can see we've got quite a few fours um, this time, which is great. Hopefully you're all feeling brighter. Look at that. Okay. Oh, actually, less, less fives. Oh, hang on. No, we've got fives. So there you go. So oh, yeah, 3% on the fives, we've now got 19%. Um, and 55% uh, on fours and 39% uh, as opposed to 39% last time. So smashing out of the park, guys. Look at that. Excellent. Happy days. Very good. Very good. <laughs> Everyone share that podcast link with my masterminds because I know a number of them want to do that. That's great. Yeah. So thank you very much. So Penny, really appreciate you joining Richard and I for for this one. And Richard, thank you as ever for um well for us both doing this together. Um, and take care, everybody. For hosting it incredibly well. Yeah. Oh, thank very, you very much. Very well. Yeah. It's nice to be in safe hands with you, Deborah. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> um, Thank you very much. Um, and this will be going out. Um, you'll get an email from from myself and from Richard and possibly from Penny. Um, we're all chatty at the moment. And we'll also be sending out, I'll send you out the link to a podcast because I will be using this as a podcast episode as well. And we're running another one next week. And next week, we're going to be joined by Liana Fricker. And Liana is somebody who... Do you know what? Within a couple of minutes of hearing from Liana, you will be smiling because she is just this complete. Full, yeah, I can't think of the words. She's just full of energy and and full and <laughs> won't be able to do anything but smile. Um, and she's also got some amazing and fantastic ideas. And of course, Richard and I will both be here as well. So thank you all very much, and look forward to seeing you next week. Love you, Bye bye. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you enjoyed that and found some useful and inspirational bits in there. Next week, I will be joined by, well, we're going to have two episodes. I'm not sure when I'm going to release them exactly, to be honest. So one is going to be with the amazing um, Rebecca Trudgett and also Sam Gold. Rebecca and Sam are going to be answering questions and talking to you about their experiences with their clients as different businesses try and navigate through these uncharted waters of the COVID-19 and all of the different advice and support that the government has been putting in place. So Sam is an HR consultant and Rebecca is an accountant and they're dealing with this with their clients on a day-to-day -day basis. So join me to listen to that episode Plus, there'll be another episode, and this one will have Richard again and Liana Fricker. Liana is a, just a huge bundle of energy, and I just can't wait to see how she and Richard, um, well, I can only imagine it's going to be a webinar full of optimism, energy, and ideas. And I think they'll bounce off each other like you wouldn't believe. So make sure you catch both of those webinars. Talk to you next time. You've been listening to Deborah Levitt on Bridging Gaps, the business podcast.